Welcome back to Silent Exposure. I am your host, Mitchell Crossan, and this is Exposure 102. And this week we are diving into the University of Oklahoma Sooners football. And let's go ahead and jump into some Big 12 action and look at how this season finished for Oklahoma and what the future has in store for this program. So starting off, the Sooners finished the 2021 season with an 11-2 overall record, 7-2 conference play, with losses coming to Baylor and Oklahoma State in back-to-back weeks to finish out the regular season. They did not play for the Big 12 championship, but did go on to defeat the Oregon Ducks in the Alamo Bowl while they were in between coaches, and we'll dive into that a little bit more later in the pod. As we all know, and if you follow college football, you've definitely seen this this year, but it was quite the roller coaster for the Sooners. In the preseason, they were quite the popular pick to be one of the four teams in the college football playoff. And not only that, but a lot of people actually had them winning it all. And for good reason. And you look at the the preseason AP poll, they are ranked number two. They were coming off of their sixth straight Big 12 championship. So is it surprising that the Sooners were ranked that high? No, not at all. A couple reasons why. Well, they have Lincoln Riley, quarterback guru and offensive mastermind. And his ability to develop Heisman-worthy quarterbacks had a lot of people, fans, and analysts actually believing that this is the year that the Sooners could get over the top and win their first college football playoff semifinal game, but maybe even pull in a national championship and another Heisman Trophy winner as well. Well, as we know, that wasn't the case. They struggled throughout the year. But let's go ahead and rewind the clock a little bit and dive into Lincoln Riley. Now, I know that he's not the current coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, and he is now going to be coaching USC, and we will dive into that a little bit later. USC will have their own exposure pod later this year. But Lincoln Riley was so valuable to the success that the Sooners had in their program, it's hard to not talk about him. So let's spend some time talking about Lincoln and where he was at before he was the head coach for the Sooners. So when we back it, up, back it up a little bit, Lincoln Riley was a student assistant to Mike Leach in 2003 at Texas Tech. Eventually, he progressed to the wide receivers coach. From there, Riley went on to East Carolina, and he became their offensive coordinator for five seasons. Riley was then hired by Bob Stoops at Oklahoma to be his offensive coordinator for the Sooners in 2015. In his first season, With the Sooners, Riley won the Broyles Award, which goes to the nation's top assistant coach. I mean, at this point, it's safe to say that Lincoln Riley was really a coaching star in the making. According to a column written by Bleacher Report in 2015, Riley had always thought he could be a big-time collegiate quarterback. This never came to fruition, as he apparently took a really big hit to his right shoulder while playing a game in high school, and really after that, He was never quite the same quarterback after that hit and didn't have too many offers coming out of high school. Riley then chose to walk on at Texas Tech and was said to be intrigued by Mike Leach's high-flying air raid offense. Leach was interested in making Riley his quarterback, but saw the potential on the coaching side of things. Rumor has it, Riley had learned the entire playbook in just a few days, and Leach actually cut Riley from the team, then offered him a job on his coaching staff, which is what kick-started Lincoln Riley to being where he is at now. Things moved pretty quick for Riley 
as he took over Oklahoma's head coaching position officially in 2017 after Bob Stoops retired. In the 2017 season, Riley was paired with Heisman winner Baker Mayfield, and they went on to win the Big 12 championship and made the college football playoff before losing to Georgia, which was really just an incredible game in the Rose Bowl that went into double overtime. Riley and the Sooners went on to win the Big 12 championship in 2018, 2019, and 2020. And, oh, by the way, they also had a guy named Kyler Murray at quarterback. We all know who he is. And he also won the Heisman Trophy. So, you work with Baker Mayfield. He won the Heisman Trophy. You then get Kyler Murray. He wins the Heisman Trophy. And then they got the transfer, Jalen Hurts from Alabama for the 2019 season. And helped develop Jalen to become a Heisman Trophy finalist. Although, Jalen did not win the award himself. But when you look at the talent that Lincoln Riley had to work with and the, the development uh, of these young players as quarterbacks. All three, Baker, Kyler, and Jalen, are all starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, it's safe to, safe to say they're doing pretty good. You know, I know that Baker Mayfield isn't a popular name right now. He was hot to begin with, and now a lot of people aren't his biggest fan, especially in Cleveland. Kyler Murley had a great start to the year and then, you know, kind of fell off a little bit. Towards the end of the year, I know that Jalen Hurts just got blown out in a playoff game. But point is, you cannot discount Lincoln Riley, who he is, as an offensive coach, and more importantly, a developer of quarterbacks. As we now know, Lincoln Riley has since moved on from OU, and is now the head coach for the USC Trojans. But we really cannot overlook the fact that Riley went 55-10 and at Oklahoma, which is a very impressive record. All too often, I feel like we're spoiled as sports fans, especially collegiately talking about football, when you're talking about a head coach, and when you have an overall record like Riley did at OU going 55-10, and 10, that's a very good record. It's not easy to you know win 55 games and only lose 10 games. And you look at his overall track record with the Sooners, multiple Big 12 championships, multiple Heisman Trophy winners, and finalists, it, it's just it's actually very impressive. It, we can get numb to the fact that these overall records, you know, don't seem to be as good as they really are because we've seen guys like Nick Saban, who's still kicking it at Alabama and doing a fantastic job. Dabo Sweeney has had Clemson on a really good run, and I know that they've had a down year this year, but overall, he's done a fantastic job building that program. Urban Meyer had an insane overall record when he was coaching at Ohio State, and so we've seen. This, this generational type of coaching talent comes through and all these guys are just doing so well and losing so few that we get numb to a record like Riley is going 55 and 10. Now, I know that we've been spending quite a bit of time on this pod talking about a guy that's not even OU's coach anymore, but since he's been such an important part of the Sooners' success over these past couple of years, it, it's impossible to not talk about him. The move of taking Lincoln Riley and going to USC definitely caught me by surprise personally, and I think it really caught the college football world by surprise as well. Because when you look at the University of Oklahoma, they're one of the very few programs in the country that has been historically great and is currently a relevant modern-day power. And the last point on this is that University of Oklahoma offers you a sense of job security. And what I mean by that is you can go 11 and 2, 12 and 1, 
and probably be able to stay at Oklahoma for as long as you want, especially if you're continuing to mix in multiple Big 12 conference championships. We saw this with Bob Stoops, and he was at Oklahoma for a long time, and then he eventually chose, you know what, it's time for me to step away. Lincoln Riley, it really felt like he was in a similar boat, and even though he hadn't even won a college football playoff game for Oklahoma, he was continuing to develop Heisman-level quarterbacks and continuing to pull in Big 12 championships, and they were staying relevant and competitive on a national landscape. He could have stayed there for a long time, and he probably could have also chose when to leave if he hadn't taken the USC job. But at the end of the day, for Lincoln Riley, maybe USC was just an opportunity that he couldn't pass up. Southern California, big money, Hollywood, and then maybe even the Sooners move to the SEC, taking part in a couple years, all played a big part in this move for Lincoln Riley. Okay, so now that we've spent some time talking about Lincoln Riley when he was at Oklahoma, let's go ahead and jump into Oklahoma's offense this past season and just take a look at you know, who they were and how they did. So per ESPN, the Sooners averaged 451 yards per game, which came out to 263 yards passing and just over 187 yards rushing per game. When you look at these numbers, especially passing and rushing, it's not as balanced as a lot of coaches like to be when they preach being balanced on offense, but the modern-day spread offense or just the modern-day college football offense in general seems to have changed and seems to be very pass-heavy. You can look at modern-day powers and historically great powers, Alabama and Ohio State, as two examples. Both programs have historically been known for having what? A great defense a big-time running back, and just running the rock. And not that they couldn't pass the ball, but that wasn't their forte, especially for, you know, Alabama. We know they've had Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Bo Scarborough, a ton of great running backs over the last decade. Ohio State as well. They've had the guys like Carlos Hyde, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, and then now they have a stud, Travion Henderson running back currently. But even then, both Alabama and Ohio State have each adapted and change the way that they go about their offense, right? You look at Ohio State's offense in particular with what Ryan Day has done, bringing in that pro-style type of spread offense, and they throw the ball a lot now. Alabama has done the same thing. You look at the quarterbacks that they've brought in, the wide receiver room that they have had, and the wide receiver room that we know Ohio State has had this year, it's nothing but skilled skill players, They're very, very talented on offense, and teams now throw the ball. It's not that teams don't like to run the ball, but it's just the way the sport has evolved and will continue to change. Let's go ahead and circle back to Oklahoma and look at the quarterback room in particular. Spencer Rattler, as we know, was the preseason starting quarterback and actually preseason favorite to win the Heisman Trophy for a lot of people. And as noted earlier, that's one of the reasons why A lot of people were so confident in their pick for Oklahoma to not only make it to the college football playoff, but to actually have a chance to win it all. But unfortunately for Spencer Rattler, his time as a starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners ended rather quickly as the season started to take off. As Rattler was benched early in the season for true freshman Caleb Williams, who provided the Oklahoma offense with the necessary spark it needed. After this point, it was only a matter of time before Rattler announced his intentions to transfer out of the program. 
And the only two questions we had at that time was, where is he going and when will he leave? Would Spencer Rattler take his talents to the SEC or the ACC? And it really seemed like that these were the only two conferences that Rattler would move to, but really just kind of felt like a gut feeling for me. But when you step back and think about it, did anybody think that he would really transfer to like a Notre Dame or an Oregon? It really didn't feel that way. And he has since found a new home at the University of South Carolina and will now play in the SEC. Now moving on to the other quarterback we've talked about, Caleb Williams. He has also announced his intentions to transfer, but has not yet declared where he will play football next year at the time that we're recording this pod. Caleb was just seen in L.A., so he's been linked to USC Lincoln Riley, and it really feels like that USC is the front runner to land Caleb Williams. And it seems rather obvious at this point. I don't think anybody else is really expecting Caleb to go elsewhere, and I don't know if it really makes sense. It, it almost at this point almost seems too easy, if you will, but to match Caleb Williams up with his head coach again, it, I mean, Lincoln Riley is a big reason why a lot of quarterbacks went to would go to Oklahoma or would show interest in Oklahoma just off of the ability of Lincoln to develop them into not only a Heisman-level quarterback, but you look at Baker, Kyler, and Jalen are all playing in the NFL. So playing under Lincoln Riley is very attractive to a lot of young quarterbacks. Southern California is already attractive as is. You know that there's a lot of money in it for Caleb Williams, really wherever he goes, but especially if he went to USC, Southern Cal. It just, at this point, it seems like a match made in heaven, and it, it just makes sense to see Caleb Williams matched up again with Lincoln Riley. Speaking of Caleb Williams, let's go ahead and turn the clock back on him a little bit and just look at who he was coming out of high school. So Caleb was in the class of 2021, coming out of Washington, D.C., and was a highly rated five-star recruit. He was the number two quarterback in that class and originally committed to the Sooners in July of 2020. Other schools that either showed interest and or offered Caleb Williams were as follows. Penn State, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, North Carolina, LSU, Oregon, and Clemson. It now seems like Caleb will find himself playing for USC come next season, so we'll go ahead and add the Trojans on that list. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump onto the other side of the football and talk defensively for the Oklahoma Sooners. It's really safe to say that this has not been one of Oklahoma's strong suits over the past couple of years. And per NCAA.com, Oklahoma ranked 76th in total defense this past season as they would surrender 390 yards per game, which that does not work when you're trying to win championships. Now, even with all the Big 12 championships the Sooners were able to win, remember, they still have not yet been able to win a CFP game. And I believe this is in large part due to their lack of defensive dominance. Now, a good thing for Sooner fans is that this can change, and I think it will, as new head coach Brent Venables is bringing that defensive mindset with him to Oklahoma as he's taken over as the new head coach. Speaking of Venables, let's go ahead and turn back the clock on him a little bit and look at his history before coming to Oklahoma. Venables played college football at Kansas State, 
and he also began his coaching career there as a graduate assistant. He was promoted to becoming the linebacker's coach and stayed in that role until 1998. Venables then moved on to coach at the University of Oklahoma, where he served as the defensive coordinator to Bob Stoops until 2011. That year, that was when we started to see a little little bit of a change and a mix-up. As in early 2012, it was announced that Mike Stoops would be returning to Oklahoma to become the defensive coordinator, which he had previously held that title, I believe, until 2004. Venables would then accept the defensive coordinator position at Clemson, and as we know, he stayed there for a very long time. Before accepting the D coordinator position, he had also reportedly been a candidate for head coaching positions at Miami, Kansas, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. But this has been the talk of the town circulating around Brent Venables for a long time is you know that he wanted to be a head coach. It just felt like he was waiting for the exact perfect scenario. And in this case, who knew that Oklahoma would open up? But it now has, and it worked out to be the perfect fit for Venables and his family. Jobs consistently open up over the year, and Brent Venables is definitely one of the top defensive coordinators in the country, or just top coordinators slash assistant coaches in the country. So as jobs open up, and as teams and programs are looking for you know, someone new to bring into their program, Venables is always high on that list. But he was always waiting for the right opportunity. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, talk about Auburn or a program like that had never interested Brent Venables enough to go, you know what, I'll drop what I'm doing here at Clemson and I'll take over that program. As soon as we heard that Lincoln Riley was leaving Oklahoma for USC, everyone's first thought was, oh, man, they're going to go and get Brent Venables. And when you're Venables, how can you say no to that? Oklahoma is historically a great power, and in terms of the modern-day program, they have been very successful as well, especially combined with the fact that Venables does have ties to Oklahoma. It was the perfect storm and definitely an opportunity that he couldn't pass up. Okay, let's go ahead and circle into the recruiting buzz around the program and the future of the students' program as well. So in the class of 2022, the students currently have the 10th ranked class, which is second in the Big 12. And this is pretty similar to where Oklahoma found themselves finishing last year's class when they also had the 10th ranked class then. And their 2023 class is currently ranked 14th nationally. So, you know, numbers that really don't jump out at you, but this is what Oklahoma has been. Top 10 nationally. They pull in great guys. You know that defensively they're not going to get these crazy studs that a Georgia or Alabama might get, but they consistently pull in really highly rated skill players and quarterbacks. And so having a top 10, top 15 class seems to be right about correct for the Sooners. But in their 2020 class is featured by a pair of four-star running backs, Gavin Sachuk out of Colorado and Javante Barnes out of Nevada. Let's just talk about the future of the program a little bit for Oklahoma. This is really a fresh start for them. And if you've been following the show and listened to last week's Exposure Pod, where we went over and dove into the University of Oregon, it's the same situation going on there. You have a brand new coach 
and not only a new coach, but a new system and a new mindset coming to that program. Oregon and Oklahoma really are quite similar, known as having the flashy, you know, offensive system, putting up big points and numbers, but defensively have never been able to get it going. And, you know, when you think of that program, you don't think of, oh, you know, defensive numbers. Oregon's trying to turn that around, and Oklahoma is going to try to do the same with Brent Venables. And I think not only was this a great hire in terms of going out and getting probably the best coach or the best coordinator you could have in getting Venables, but the fact that when you're Oklahoma, Oklahoma you have to look in the mirror and say, are you, are you okay with just pulling in conference championships every year? Of course, if you're a fan of the program, you're going to say no. I mean, you don't want to get too greedy, but you understand you got to win a college football playoff game. A national championship would be nice. I mean, it's Oklahoma, for God's sakes. we we, we got to get something going nationally here. And so having a fresh start is not only going to bring new juice to the program itself, but can turn things around a little bit. And like as we noted, they got four stars. They got five stars on the roster. If you can bring in a guy that can flip the switch defensively and bring in that defensive, hard-hitting, we're-going-to-shut-you-down mindset. I think Venables is the guy for that, and I'm excited to see Oklahoma's future over the next couple of years as they get situated with their new head coach. Okay, so before we wrap up this exposure, I do want to go ahead and look at the 2022 schedule and just take a peek at the schedule overall and just see how Oklahoma matches up with their opponents. So to start off, they're going to be at home versus UTEP, at home next versus Kent State, and then they have their first road game at Nebraska, home game versus Kansas State, at at TCU, and then we have Texas, the Red River rivalry, always a big matchup, at home versus Kansas, on the road at Iowa State, at home versus Baylor, on the road at West Virginia, at home, rivalry game versus Oklahoma State, and then at Texas Tech. Yeah, Oklahoma will definitely be challenged this year when you look at, you know, Nebraska. Nebraska's program is not in a a current state of dominance, and they're not going to scare really anybody that they play. But nonetheless, it's good to have some sort of power five, especially on the road test early in the year just to kind of get a feel for where your team is at, but also playing Texas early on. And the Red River rivalry is always known for, you know, going on earlier in the year or in October. But that's also a test in itself, like a midterm to see, okay, where are we at as a program? And Texas, as we know, there's a lot of excitement around that program right now. And we will have our own exposure pod talking about the Longhorns as well. But Sarkeesian, you know, Everyone gives him a lot of props for what he can do offensively as well. And now that they have landed the transfer number one quarterback, Quinn Ewers from Ohio State, there's definitely a buzz circulating Texas. Now, as we all know, we're not going to get into Texas too much, and we don't want to overhype them a little bit. But still a good test and still something to see. Okay, if you're if you're Oklahoma, where are we at? And you know how do we match up against this Texas team? Then, of course, as you get into the second half of the schedule, you have, you know, the two highlights at home versus Baylor and at home versus Oklahoma State. If you remember from this past season that just finished, Oklahoma actually lost 
to Baylor and Oklahoma State as well in back-to-back weeks in the regular season. So now they get a chance to avenge both those losses, and both of those are coming at home. So I'm excited to see those matchups and see if Oklahoma can maybe throw themselves back in the ring and get back to being top dog in the Big 12 Conference. Okay, so that is going to do it for this week's episode. That was Exposure 102, the University of Oklahoma Sooners. If you've been following the show, or if you're new to the show, we drop a new episode every Sunday where we dive into one new Power 5 program each week and just kind of dive into the details of that program, look back at their performance last season, kind of highlight a couple guys, whether it be a coach or players or both, and just dive into the details of that program. And then we take a look ahead, you know, at their recruiting and state of the program, et cetera, and just try to offer you something more than just surface level analysis or generalities that we all too often see in the national media. So if you enjoyed the show or if you enjoyed the pod, we would love a rating or review if you have it. You can find us on social media at Sideline Exposure on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And then you can find us on Twitter at Sideline Expose. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for the new exposure coming your way next Sunday.